Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Ahoy there, Marley mates, and happy Friday the 13th to you. How badass is it that we've got a Friday the 13th in the greatest month of the year? Yeah, that's pretty epic. Which, perfectly fitting for this week's episode. This is going to be a unique piece, unlike anything that you've ever seen or heard about on this show before. So let me talk to you a little bit about that, since that's kind of the point of the show. It is called 13 versus 31, and it is black Sharpie on paper slash mixed media collage. We'll get more into that here shortly. The dimensions of the piece itself are 22 by 28 inches, poster size. And to talk about this piece, we must first talk about the process. This is actually about the fifth or sixth in the series of similar pieces that I've done in this same style. And I talked before on the show how the resurgence of the zombie genre popularity in the early 2000s really fueled a lot of my artistic influence and inspiration. I started this style of artwork by simply drawing zombies. And you'll see what I mean here shortly. I mean, it's it's, it's a little bit more than that. It's just, I, I don't even know how I came up with doing it this way, like this process, this method. But uh, here it goes. So <laughs> I would print off just general basic pictures of people in black and white, or like the grayscale, basically a, a, a printer with no color ink. And I'd cut them out like little paper dolls, like little little flat Stanleys. And then I would draw over top of them with black Sharpie. Like imagine back in high school when you would see pictures in textbooks that people, or perhaps even yourselves, or probably even myself, you draw mustaches on folks, or devil horns, or you black out their teeth, or whatever. So think of it kind of like that, but not. Clear? You following me? So what I would do is I would cut out and draw all these images over top of the original ones. And several of them, they'd be buddies of mine, family members, celebrities, anything. I, I would just print it off and then I would I would completely zombify it and make it different. Sometimes I would just like, like if they had the picture itself, like not all the limbs were showing, I would make it so like maybe like the arm is 
cropped out of the picture or something. I'd make it look like it was just like separate off or I don't know, all sorts of crazy stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so I, I would acquire all these little cutouts and not really knowing what to do, I would start to like place them in various, I don't know, like little backgrounds. And then I would play around with the layout. And eventually I would start to just compile all these and, and secure them in an order with rubber cement. And originally it would start off and I would just use like regular eight and a half by 11 size sheets of printer paper. And, and that was that. But uh, I usually had more zombies than I had room on a page. So one would turn into two, two turned into three and so on. And so it got to a point where I was then arranging the pages of the zombies in different layouts and, and so forth. And it got to be the point of like poster size. And I would add then like overlap other images to overlap. And that way it would help to tie the, the individual pictures together. And that way those overlapping images would help to line up everything like a kind of a giant puzzle. But I still didn't necessarily know what I was going to do with them. And so little by little, um, I don't know, I would just like add other embellishments like skulls or nautical stars. I used a lot of text from like different song lyrics and things, just different expressions, titles of, of like movies or whatever. I put like pumpkins in there. And then ultimately the final product ends up being like a full size, like giant poster size piece. And then I would put them in just the super basic poster frames. And that was the deal. And like I said, so like the first four or so pieces that I did, they were all zombie themed. And I got creative with them. Each one had taken out like its own sub theme within the, uh, the collection of different pieces. And then in a way, they tend to look a little kind of like the old time horror show, double feature, newspaper, newsprint, TV guide type ads. Similar to like how I used the ones I, I took taken a lot of influence from the, that style and made some like advertisements for the show that I put on the on the Facebook and the Instagram. I leave them laying around in places. I'll hang them up, you know, public spots where maybe somebody stumbles upon it. And what I do, especially like around Halloween time, I've been like just leaving them ever so randomly in like Halloween sections of stores, hoping that maybe some other people would see that and be interested in hearing the show. I don't know, whatever. They've got the QR code. They can scan that. They can take a picture of it or just ignore it, but whatever. It's, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie actually does a lot of similar artwork that he uses, um, this technique in a lot of his artwork that's in, on his album, like the liner notes and stuff. And back in the day, those posters were made using like actual cut and paste techniques of movie monsters and such. And then like, the, the overall assembly would be reproduced in one solid big image. And I love it because it's, it's crude, but it's simple. And it's the stuff you would see like very innocent, simple grassroots. Like you often see like the same style or technique used for like live band performance advertisements and things like that. So with each new piece, I incorporate similar techniques and, and different applications like that. But talking about this piece, I'm going to discuss it in as much detail as I can. And as I'm looking at it, I'm going to go left to right, top to bottom. But before I get too deep into it, I want to start with the absolute upper left corner. And it says, 
there's a little tiny, tiny little box, and it's as you're looking at it, it's rotated uh, 90 degrees, and it says Marley made August 2009. Now I didn't actually finish this piece by my own definition of finished. Like I, I said before, I, it's unless it's signed, it's not ever really finished. But once it's signed, that's it. Um, <laughs> so I actually signed it on 23 September of this year, 23. And I had this done. It was drawn, drawn up all the, each piece. Um, they were complete, but none of them were mounted or like assembled or framed. And I came across this when I was actually this and a second piece that I had that that one's actually not quite done. But I'll, I'll um, talk about that on a future episode. But I found these, I came across them, they were in an envelope, and I had basically had them at the ready, pretty much finished, just waiting to, to mount them and frame. And finally, I did so, and then I, I signed it, and now it's done. But I've held on to it for years. It's like almost like 15 years in the making, which is crazy. But I've got so much stuff, and like it was among other you know things that I had kept to use in future projects or just to, just to kind of have available when whenever the moment hits. So I'm excited to bring it to you now and on today of all days, Friday the 13th. And like I said before, this piece is called 13 versus 31. And conceptually, it's a piece of like fan fiction, fan art of that classic monster mashup that we would see in the spirit of the old universal pictures and an even more recent crossover. So it involves a situation where Jason Voorhees battles Michael Myers in a Friday the 13th meets Halloween spectacular event. You with me? Right? Can you feel it? I felt it. This is the type of movie crossover that fans would absolutely lose their mind about. When Freddy vs. Jason finally happened in 2003, it had been years, years in development leading up to that point. And horror nerds everywhere were pissing their pants because this was just unbelievable. It finally actually was coming to a screen near you. So I did this piece in the same spirit of that film, but only because it would never really seem possible to actually have it be a thing. Until it hit me. Why not? This is exactly the type of thing that could work because of the situation, the circumstance of this year. It wasn't until this year that it that I realized, and of course I just organically came across this, oh, that's convenient timing, that here in October of 23, the, the light bulb finally went off. It was like that moment where a film like this could actually work. What makes Freddy vs. Jason possible is that there's an Elm Street in every town. And yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in Springwood, but when Elm Street and Camp Crystal Lake collide, it just made sense. Like, it, it worked. You could do the same type of deal here, right? Um, what makes this piece make sense is that it's happening this very month. Here we have a Friday the 13th in October. Hollywood, we can do this, right? Michael Myers doesn't strike on exactly Halloween night every single time. There's always that buildup, okay? And Friday the 13th, that's just Jason's birthday, right? We'll throw him a party. We'll get some hats and a pinata. 
be money. But who's to say like Haddonfield isn't also in close proximity to Camp Crystal Lake? Picture this, right? Michael's being transported to another institution. And of course, like typically they always do it on like the day before Halloween or Halloween. You know, it's like, really? That, that's when you choose to do this? Um, so maybe this time, you know, he's being transported in the month of October and like they actually acknowledge this in the picture because it's like that commentary on the silliness of the of the franchise. Be like, well, we're not doing it on Halloween this year, so we should be in good shape. They get into an accident anyway. Something happens. Michael escapes. And of course, the accident occurs near Camp Crystal Lake. Now, of course, we've got the whole legend of Camp Crystal Lake and Jason and Mrs. Voorhees and what have you. So let's say now there's like, I don't know, somebody buys Camp Crystal Lake and they turn it into this big haunted attraction to kind of play on the legend of Jason Voorhees. Yet both of these mofos show up and just start raising hell, right? All hell breaks loose. The possibilities are endless for some greatness. The timing lines up perfectly. It's got to it's gotta happen. We got to do this, right? Tell me I'm not, uh, not in left field with a football bat over here. I think this can work. And so that's kind of what this piece is all about. Several different placements of these characters are, are demonstrated from various versions of various films and renditions. I have Michael's from the original franchise, from the Rob Zombie versions, parts one and two. The lesser popular Halloweens like H2O. The Jasons I used are from Freddy vs. Jason, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason Takes Manhattan, plus a range of different hockey masks from other parts of the franchise. This is, I love this piece. I, I love, love, love this piece. And we've, we've got an awesome supporting cast as well. I've got Dr. Loomis in here as played by Donald Pleasance. He's got a word bubble that states, death has come to your little town. Like we've, we've heard him say it. You can hear him say it in your mind better than the way I said it out loud. Right. There's also young Michael Myers as played by Dag Ferk from the Rob Zombie first version, first uh, Halloween film. Uh, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Sherry Moon Zombie, who plays Michael's mother in the Rob Zombie version. There's also use of some candid image of uh, Betsy Palmer, who played Mrs. Voorhees. Actually, like a behind the scenes capture of her like hugging a uh, big, gnarly, nasty looking Jason. So I put that in there, too. It, it works. It's just... I don't know, probably another one of my favorite Easter eggs that I put in there. I actually had a copy of my ticket stub from the from when I went to the film of the 2009 Friday the 13th reboot, which I saw in the theater on Friday the 13th in March of 2009. And so there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on in here. I will, uh, I'm going to try to break it down for you, but I mean... Really, there's so much going on. There's so much detail happening. I'll probably just kind of capture some of the, my more fond aspects of the piece. But to look at something like this, I'm not really sure how much time goes into it because I'll just do these little by little, right? The most it takes me to, to do something like this is to actually cut out each person and then to draw over top of it, um, depending on the size, the detail, just depends on what you got. The background pieces tend to take a little bit more because you're kind of filling in areas. But when you look at it in the grayscale, you look at it 
with the use of the Sharpie to really be bold and kind of stand out, it really pops. And it's got a lot of, of depth. It's got a lot of texture. And some of it's just organic. But the way it's paired from the way it's printed combined with the way it's drawn over top, it just, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's extra like almost almost comic-y, comic book type element to it where it's also almost just kind of, it looks like it could be a drawing. I'm not going to take credit for it as a drawing because, I, like I said, I essentially just drew over top of something that already existed, but I detailed it in, in a different way. So there's there's some other little uh, little Easter eggs in here. I took some actual pictures myself of Crystal Lake Township in Crystal Lake Township in Michigan of the cemetery and the township hall, and I used those images in here. They were natural pictures, just taken with probably a, I don't know, I don't even think I had a cell phone at the time. They were probably taken off of like a Instamatic camera or something, some disposable junk. But there's those pictures in there. Uh, I've got headstones on there that say Voorhees, uh, the headstone that says Myers. And I even have one that was has my family namesake on there, just kind of snuck in. And then also... My grandparents had this huge mansion, and long before I was ever around, it actually it burned to the ground, but they have some, some old black and white photographs of it, and it's really all that's left of, of its existence. And they're pretty creepy. The, the, the old photographs indicate like that it really appears to be just haunted and just spooky. It looks like there's ghosts in the windows. And, and of course, it's just, just an old picture. But I've used those over and over and over again in these pieces because you can't necessarily tell what they are. So what I'll do is print them in various sizes and positions. And sometimes I'll flip the image so it never really quite looks the same. And same deal, I'll draw over top of those. And then you have this, this combined giant conglomerate of all this stuff and things. So as I mentioned, there's really a lot going on here. And as I'm looking at it right now, if I were to think about this as like a, that really that piece of fan fiction, that fan art, because it's a still, because it's not actually a film or a movie that could be a film or a movie, it's almost as if like this represents the trailer. Like it's all the highlights of the film or it's like enough just to pique your interests. And you've got all these stills, all these these moments captured in time from what would be scenes in the movie. At least that's how I see it. I, um, I love classic monster magazines, especially stuff like Eerie, Creepy, Fangoria. But Famous Monsters of Filmland, are pro it's probably one of the most iconic um, – publications of, of the genre and I use that in a lot of work like the actual title of the of the magazine because I try to replicate that feeling of looking at an old magazine that old monster mag the you know monster kids growing up looking at these stuff because we didn't have the internet we didn't have the luxury of being able to just google something or follow it on the Facebook or whatever um you got your information from a magazine. Like you wanted to see up and cutting edge pictures of your, you know, summer blockbuster that was on the horizon. You, you looked at it in a magazine, you found it in the TV guide. 
the newspaper. I can't tell you how many clippings I had of stuff and things. Just because, like, that's where you would get it from. It, and it would be in short supply. So I like to incorporate that every chance I get. Starting from the, the upper left-hand corner, as I'm looking at it, very much uh, up and down at a 90-degree angle, I've got the famous Monsters of Filmland logo from the magazine. And it wasn't originally meant to be up and down like that. It just kind of worked out like that. And then as you kind of gravitate over and make your way to the right side of the piece, I've got, as I mentioned, the mansion from my grandparents' house. You can only really see just just a fraction of it, if that. And there's a tree in the background. You've got images of Michael Myers from both the original Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. You've got the original Dr. Loomis. There's a skeleton, a stack of pumpkins, some caution tape. So it's very busy. There's always like everywhere you look, like you could look at this for quite some time and just really get lost in it. And so, like I said, I'm going to give you just a, a brief overview of some of my favorite areas. As you shift over more to the right, probably my favorite part of the entire piece is the background of the Crystal Lake Township Cemetery. So you've got this basic, classic cemetery, headstones, tree lines, so forth. And up close, you'll have a very traditional casket, like an old pine box, the old oblong box. And in it is Jason, Jason's decomposing corpse. And I, I love this image. I can't remember where I found it, but it's him. And he's, I was able to put it inside the coffin. So he's like laying down. His rib cage is exposed. His mask is on. It's, it's broken and just kind of battered. And then you've got a Michael Myers from a scene in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 where he's in the hospital and he's stabbing a nurse. He's got his arm way extended back, drawing back a knife, and it looks like he's about to plunge it into Jason. So none of these things were ever pictures together until I made them as such. And so to me, what makes this part of my favorite aspect of the piece is that it works. It looks like it's a scene. It looks like it's Michael about to just stab Jason as he lies in this unearthed coffin. So it's, it's pretty wild. And then you've got just some images of more of a, a full-bodied uh, Jason in the background and a big head of, of Michael kind of looking over his shoulder. As you scroll down, there is in the middle of the piece, which spans over two different panels of paper, I've got Jason's hockey mask kind of cut right down the middle. And it, it takes form on either side, but on each side of that, it's kind of like this big hockey mask like in, in the horizon. And you've got two different areas, two different Michaels, you know, handling some business, taking care of some folks here. On the far left-hand side, you've got a classic scene from Jason Takes Manhattan where he walks into a diner and he throws a guy into a, a, a mirror and there's this just this giant shattered, um, just crazy looking glass. And he's staring at himself face to face in this mirror at his actual image. But on this one, it actually looks like Michael is behind the counter. And so you can see Jason's reflection in the mirror, but it's behind him. So it's like he's looking at him head on, but you, all you can see is Michael 
as he is, and then Jason's reflection. So I think that works. It's pretty cool. And it's all about just placement. Like, obviously, none of this stuff is an original picture the way it's laid out, the way it's combined. And so hopefully you see the same thing that I see and the way that it comes together makes it work that way. On the other side, you've got almost kind of a reverse image where you've got Jason from Jason Goes to Hell and he's holding a jack-o'-lantern. But then behind him, there's a scene from uh, Halloween H2O where Michael is kind of just looking through this window. So it's like he's looking in on Jason. It's, it's just, it's juxtaposed where you've got opposite perspectives of both sides of that image and both sides of the poster. It's uh, just kind of an opposite effect. Scrolling down in the lower right-hand corner, you've got an actual face-to-face -face of Michael and Jason. The Jason was used from some classic poster work of Freddy versus Jason. And then I just took a profile shot of Michael Myers. And so I was able to print them to size to where they're looking eye to eye. And they're really just like, you know, face to face. Pretty cool. Above them, it says, reserve your place in hell. And I have that mirrored so that it's also, it says the same thing, but it's almost like a reflection in a lake. And then horizontally, or rather vertically, on the far edge of the right hand piece of the piece, it says, 13 versus 31, pure unleashed evil, a match made in hell. Shifting over to the left side of the piece, there's a focus on family. And this is where the bulk of the, the supporting cast comes into play. And so you have uh, some text that says family is forever. And as I mentioned, there's the, the picture of Mrs. Voorhees hugging Jason. You've got Laurie Strode. You've got... Um, Michael's mother, played by Sherry Moon Zombie. You've got a young Michael Myers. And then you've got a variety of different hockey masks. And so, like, that's really just kind of a general overview of the whole piece. But it it really, um, like I said before, it, it's a lot to look at. It's a lot to take in. It's very busy. There's a lot going on. Countless hours put into this. And these don't just come together quickly. I... I really love working with acrylics and doing paint because I can produce a piece rather quickly because I can I can wait for it to dry and I can move fairly rapidly through it and like using markers on top of that or paint pens I'm able to really just capture a lot in a short amount of time where this is it's much more time consuming when it comes to cutting out images and, and just placing them in the layout not necessarily drawing it as you go rather you gotta you gotta wait for the right pieces to find this was a little bit different from the zombie pieces because it was very exclusive into what the subject matter was and it was essentially working with two different characters zombies i can make zombies out of anything so this was a, a lot more refined a lot more specific but i really enjoyed it i, I know that it was a labor of love even though it was well over a decade ago when i actually started working on this uh it just to me it's, it's one of those things it's just it was a way to use imagination and creativity and really bring it to life on paper if that makes any sense whatsoever but i think it's the just the right piece i couldn't think of a better piece to talk about on october 13th friday the 13th 2023
Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.